This is Manastrophic Music. And welcome, 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 listeners. You are tuned into the new podcast called Matastrophic Music, a show where we talk about our favorite bands and records and have a good old time trying to turn you, the listener, as well as us, the hosts, onto some great new tunes and artists. So gather close around the fire and don't forget your hot tea or cocktail. It's time to get into it with your hosts, the Mats, Kelly and Duffy. All right, listeners, today's band is the Smashing Pumpkins. They were formed in 1996, and the current members are Billy Corgan, James Eha, Jimmy Chamberlain, and Jeff Schroeder. All right, and um, since we're focusing on the F stack, like we always do, want to do just a little shout out to the singles and the songs that did not make the F stack. I Am One, Tristessa, Siva, Cherubrock, Today, Disarm, Rocket, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, 1979, Zero, Tonight Tonight, 33, The End is the Beginning is the End, Ava Adore, Perfect, The Everlasting Gaze, Stand Inside Your Love, Try Try Try, Tarantula, That's the Way My Love Is, The Celestials, Being Beige, One and All, Drum and Fife, Solara, Silvery sometimes beguiled, and any others I may have missed. They have a ton of singles. Oh my, that is that is an extensive <laughs> list of music that they have put out for the public to consume. It is a treat to go digging past that already massive quantity of good music. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You definitely have to dive deep into the Smashing Pumpkins um, to avoid those that list of singles. It's ridiculous. That's awesome. It, awesome for them. It is, it is awesome because the fact that we were able to each come up with two completely unique F-Stacks, our first time doing that, two completely unique ones that we both were like hard, hard to put together. Like it's the fact that it was finding so much music in the process that it became a real struggle at the end just to get it down to four songs yeah i knew um you know right from the start just looking at you know the catalog of albums i was you know wow this is going to be a tough one you know i hadn't hadn't listened to listen to geesh siamese dream at all like it it, other than the hits that were on the radio when i was growing up it's like it's discovering those for the first time really like after all these years it was like it was a complete mind trip back to that era of like oh i can't believe i missed out on these like i really wish i would have had these as a kid because i'm listening to them now and i'm like these are amazing beyond what i expected when i went into it i just thought i mean i went into this with like okay i already got i already have an f stack that i've been listening to for you know five six years of them that was just like three tracks off oceana and then my fourth from today and I was like, that set was like constant. That's pretty much what I knew of Smashing Pumpkins the last decade I've been listening to them. So to go like venture out into their catalog, I, I'm pleasantly pleased with what we were able to come up with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this last week has been awesome. Um, you know, just so many songs, the records that I had yeah. never even heard of. I'd never right. even heard of Shiny and Oh So Bright. I me neither. Uh, that was Machina like, 2. I, I didn't even know there right. was a Machina 2. Nope. <laughs> and the so, and the great and the great missing album Zeitgeist, which is apparently like doesn't exist on any of the major listening apps out there. Uh, yeah. That it's it's great. Like you said, you said you heard that it was a rights a rights issue. I thought I, I read think, it. He yeah. just. just did not like the album and did not no longer wanted it out in the public so you never really know with with the enigma that is billy corgan but that's yeah crazy. i think he doesn't want us to know i i don't think he does either i think <laughs> it's just it's better just like one of those things like you can find it and i owned a copy which was crazy that <laughs> was like from from uh 2007 and i was like i don't i, don't, I must have just you know at that time was like i really want to check out the new smashing pumpkins because and then listening to it again now, it's like, wow, this is... I don't see why he would be upset with this. It's a good it's album. It's such a it's great not, record. 
It is. It said it's, it's, it stands up there next to, to his catalog. I don't think he really has anything to be ashamed about it. I mean, I think it's a classic sounding record, it, yeah. a classic Smashing yeah. Pumpkins record. It does, it does sound like classic Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Okay, are we, uh, are we ready to get into the F stack? Yeah, I think I am. For the campers playing along at home, each week, we the Mats will pick a band or artist that we love, choosing four of our favorite songs to build an F-Stack. A four-track F-Stack is deep cuts only, no radio-friendly massive hits allowed. We exchange our F-Stacks with one another and consider the gems we have collected to build a combined Matastrophic Ultimate four-track F-Stack. It's a game of cooperation, compromise, shared passion, and musical discovery. We are here to have a wholesome good time, so, ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, and everyone under the beautiful rainbow of humanity, set your drama down and share in the good vibes at our campfire right here with Matastrophic Music. Let's get positively cosmic. All right, so, Kelly, you want me to go first? I absolutely do. What is your first choice? My first pick is my favorite Smashing Pumpkins song of all time. Um, right away, I knew that this was going to be my number one. This song has always just stood out in my mind. Um, I have okay. a lot of memories of this. And the track is Mayonnaise, Mayonnaise. from Siamese Dream. Yeah, so, absolutely, uh, absolutely love this track, dude. I'm so glad you picked it. Yeah, I think this track, from the little bit of research I did on the uh, interwebs, um, this track means a lot to a lot of people. Um, oh. I read all sorts of stories like in different threads about how this track has affected other people and how so many people hold this track so close to their hearts. So, you know, it, it's a big one like I said, for a lot of people. And for me, it's very special. This was my favorite track off of Siamese Dream, which was the first record that I heard from the Smashing Pumpkins um, when I was a teenager. One reason why this song is so special to me is because I actually learned how to play this on guitar when oh, really? I was... Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> when crazy. I was however old, like 17, maybe. Yeah. 16 so i probably, I probably like actually like heard you play this at one point in time and do not remember it that's completely possible that's crazy Maybe. i feel like i've heard it's one of those songs where it's like i feel like i've heard this song before but never really like listened to it like sat down and like actually listened to it it's just that little like intro riff is wonderful yeah. like it just kind of hits you so i could see and that's where, the like, best part to play yeah, I can, imagine, I can imagine that. The, the, the one thing that I wanted to point out is that when I looked at it online, this is they called this shoegaze for a genre for the song. Do you find okay, that that's... Okay, yeah, I remember that. I don't know what the history of shoegaze is, but has it been around longer than Smashing Pumpkins? Do you know? Are you familiar with the genre at all? <laughs> no. I, have, I have no me, idea. Me, me, no, me neither. I was just wondering because it was just... I, I forgot like that, that word. word until you said it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just... I, I I know that I've heard it at some point in time talking to other music lovers, but it just, like, it stood out to me because I was like, oh, okay, shoegaze. I'm like... <laughs> I've tried to like put the, the word and the song together, and I guess it does kind of fit. It's weird. It's a weird word that apparently is a whole genre of music out there to be discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you were talking about that intro, I learned how to play that on the guitar, but I, I learned both parts. Mm -hmm. So the, the lead part and the rhythm, I guess you could say the, you know, the picking part. And yes. I taught like picking part to a friend of mine who you may know sheldon oh yeah yep yeah so i i taught that to him so he you know we could play that whole intro together and it just sounded oh. freaking amazing oh that's you know great. it was oh it was one of those things that every time we got together with the acoustic guitars you know we you wouldn't leave until that. we played that yeah oh that's great 
yeah like every so time just some, because i mean some really really powerful history tied in with the song yeah yeah and it was just such a powerful experience you know being able to recreate that because it just sounds so good that is it really stands uh, out yeah to to have that feeling all right so besides that it's shoegazy (laughs) Shoegazy. yeah it's got that uh that dreamy you know sort of feel and it kicks in real hard with that classic billy corgan distortion oh Um, yeah the song has got everything i guess that you could want in like a a classic smashing pumpkins tune yeah so that's why it's number one for me that's why it's number one for you excellent yeah. Uh, my my uh my number one was Knights of Malta from your aforementioned Shiny and Oh So Bright Volume One uh from twenty eighteen. This was not at all what I had expected to choose as my number one. It was definitely I would I would say that this was easily my perf my uh, personal favorite discovery from going through the diving. Like finding the song going to listen to the songs like this one just like jumped out at me immediately like i stopped what i was doing was just like sucked into the song the first time i heard it i was like oh what is this and i had like the biggest smile on my face because i'm like this is exactly like why i wanted to do this like just for that though these moments of like i would not have come across this song had i not we did not started to play this game together. Like, yeah. it was like, this is great. It was just, just sitting there. I want to say that it was like the day after Christmas too. So it was like a perfect, like little, like oh, nice. of it. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this has, has like everything. I, I feel like this for, if it would have came out, you know, a decade or two earlier would have been a massive hit for them because it has like all the qualities of like a really, like you said, like a classic, the, of the I would say around the melancholy era because it has a little more of the the orchestral uh, it's actually produced by Rick Rubin which I was shocked like when I went on there like I was like oh okay that makes all he the d- sense he does in the world everything that's good yeah do- <laughs> I mean he does everything but you can tell like what he brings to a song like I definitely feel he earns yeah. having his stamp on music so it's like it brings that little extra something to it yeah it completely it completely caught me off guard what did what did you think of it what were your thoughts yeah, I, I, I'm really happy that you picked this as your <laughs> yes. number one. Um, yes, you know, I think it's a, a great song. I love the intro, just how it starts with a whoa, 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 yes. whoa. <laughs> um, the lyrics, you know, it's uplifting, positive, with a touch of like the melancholy in there, you know. Yeah, just um, a little hint. But it's, yep. Yeah, it's got dr- that driving bass line. It's kind of funky. It put a picture in my mind like right away of i don't know why but it made me think of like an urban setting like in a city and like somebody on a journey like i was picturing somebody like traveling like on transit like on a bus or something like that you know just uh like the lyrics we're gonna make this happen i'm gonna fly forever we're gonna ride that rainbow i love Um, that line it's so great that and the way he the way he sells that too is like you think that you just take it out of context like ride the rainbow oh that's super cheesy but it, when you're like in it listening to it it feels completely natural and earned in the song like it's not it's like yeah i'm gonna ride that rainbow like he has the, yeah. just that little bit of a, I don't know, swagger or whatever behind it that he has that he's like he's confident in his vulnerability for sure at this point in his career absolutely yeah yeah he's uh He's really like deliberate with his lyrics and he's mm-hmm. not afraid to, you know, say whatever he's feeling. Yeah. You know, I, li- I like, like that a lot. Right from the heart and uh mm-hmm. um like you you mentioned when we were speaking earlier, he's you know, he's a true poet, I believe. So Yeah. I um, it, in particular in this one, I the the poetry thing, it stuck out to me. I loved you'll just you'll just rise on forever as my halo shines in you. When the doldrums age in platinum, I have a starship you can use. Yeah, yeah, great pick, man. All right, so what is uh, what was your number two pick? So my number two is also off of Siamese Dream, and it's Soma. Excellent. So is this a track that you were familiar with? I was not. I had most of 
most of whatever was not played of Siamese Dream on the radio, I was completely a first listen for me, and it <laughs> it was awesome. I gotta say, this was one of the picks that was very close to the outside. You know, you got four tracks. It's really hard. You have to make the, the tough decisions. <laughs> this one was one was just left off left off my stack. I'm so glad that I got to listen to this. Why did you pick this as number two? Um, the ambience of it, the feel. I don't know if I should use that word shoegaze again because I don't quite know what it, it means. Just, but, <laughs> I don't know. We're learning. We're learning here, listeners. We're learning as we go. We're both discovering that we might want to check out some more shoegaze. So if you want to recommend any Google bands out terms. there. Yeah, you can. Any listeners out there, you want to recommend some shoegaze bands that based off of these songs that we might want to check out let us know yeah but it's um that dreamy intro that's mm -hmm. how i will describe it is dreamy you know it's uh oh something else that was cool that i took note of is um there's and i don't know if you're gonna like this um oh. or if you noticed this uh -oh. with your hearing yeah uh but there's like a haunting ringing sound under the verse uh, no it's I just like a ringing. Pick up on that. You know, yeah. I used the word haunt in my description for the word, but I definitely didn't hear the ringing. So it's it still comes across as a haunting song. I said yeah. I wrote my specific sentence was definitely haunts all around you. Like the sound, the song almost feels like it encloses on you, like it's like present. <laughs> it's kind of creepy yeah. in a way. It has this real creepy aura to it, and I, maybe it's because I can't actually like physically hear that pitch anymore that yeah it's almost like a sixth sense it's kind of that's kind of nice that gives it i think it was probably intentional it, you know yeah i i believe it i believe it like he sat down and he's like we're gonna make this eerie and yeah. dreamy and like haunting and you know all that <laughs> i i but, did uh, i i did read that that apparently mike mills from rem does the piano on the track and i oh okay is there even i can't maybe i can't specifically hear the piano on that so it's like he must not have like it's not my must not be overpowering in its present which is even better yeah I mean, like adds to the haunting aura of it like all these little things kind of going on in the background of the song yeah and i think this whole record siamese dream as a whole has a lot of layering um mm. of like guitar tracks and, and just all sorts of stuff like you okay. know that ringing noise and um probably like some feedback and just like real ambient stuff yeah so then it uh it kicks in with that classic billy corgan distortion there's a killer guitar solo in it oh yeah um you know it's just a real solid track it it does the uh the dynamics of quiet to loud which a lot of yes. the other tracks do too you know that yeah that quiet loud he, he has a real good grasp of how to use that because it doesn't it doesn't feel overplayed like it doesn't feel like every song has to be like he's trying to like cram it into that formula it feels yeah. like it just that's just the natural formula like it's his dna right. almost coming across in the song like this is just how he makes his music yeah he's just serving the song itself you know yeah that's, serving the song that's a great way yeah. to put it so one last thing i guess for soma is i didn't know what soma meant and so i oh neither neither do i <laughs> yeah so i looked up the definition and there's two definitions oh um the first i don't know if it really pertains to this song maybe it does the first definition is the body of an organism okay body of an organism though so i don't really see it, how that fits hmm. i don't i don't i don't see how that fits either but it's weird because i picture this pictured the song almost like an entity around me but if that's yeah that's that's really deep that's really deep on his part if he's like pulling pulling that out what's the yeah, what's the he's, other he's what's really other effing with everybody <laughs> he really is what's what's the what's the second definition then all right so this definition i think fits a little bit better it fits, fits a little um, better yeah an intoxicating juice from a plant that was used in ancient india as an offering to the gods and as a drink of immortality by worshippers in Vedic ritual. Whoa, <laughs> that's that's heavy duty. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is heavy. So I wonder if I would be curious to know, Billy, if you're listening, 
did you choose the song title and build the song around that concept or did you write the song and was like it sounds like this concept and then title it thus what do you what, what do you think that would i mean it's really hard it'd be impossible to guess really but <laughs> i think billy should just text us after the show right and let like us know. yeah just let yeah. us know <laughs> all right so <laughs> love it all right my my number no, number two pick porcelina of the vast oceans from melancholy in the infinite sadness circa 1995 nice would you like to share your thoughts before i delve into mine i'm curious as what your impressions of, of sure this pick. so i think this follows that formula we were kind of just talking about um it yep. definitely has the quiet yes <laughs> it, it starts definitely. out it's so freaking quiet you're like <laughs> i i thought for a couple times like i thought that the track that i had listened to before this just had like an extended quiet at the end i hadn't even known that a, a song the song had started and then it yeah. kind of like creeps in i was like oh okay here we go yeah i think he wants you quiet. to turn your um your stereo like as loud as possible so that yes. when the distortion yes. hits the heavy yes. part hits it just oh, like blows you up hits. <laughs> yeah blows yes. your ears away so yeah it has that uh the sleepy intro you know real relaxing you know getting comfortable mm -hmm. um beautiful lullaby sort of feel um and then that classic the billy corgan the waters are calm yes yeah and then that classic billy corgan riff kicks in oh, with boy. that classic billy corgan tone Tide's coming um, in back and forth between dreamy sound and rock and riff kind of feel like it's almost like an epic stoner jam sort <laughs> yes of thing. i feel like that's pretty accurate Yes. Um, the one critique I have about this is I okay. feel like the song is like maybe a little too long. <laughs> I, as somebody who does love, I will, yes, I would have to agree that, that it may be like a minute or two shorter. And I love, don't get me wrong. I love real lengthy, lengthy tracks, but mm -hmm. I do feel that I'm also not a fan of just lengthy for the sake of being lengthy. Mm -hmm. I, I, that, you know, at a time where it was like, apparent, I mean, I remember reading he had like a gazillion different unused tracks from the Melancholy Sessions, or like, he was just a fount of, of creation that it's hard to like pick, might not be able to give quite the eye to certain tracks that you would give if you didn't, you had like a, you know, 12 tracks, you know, in front of you, that maybe it can lead to a little more of the excess in uh, a particular yeah, music. I feel like um, one of those, probably one of those times where he kicked back and forth between the quiet and the loud part, like pull the pull that out. You know? Yeah, yep. Because it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, this is like I like it, but like you just keep going back and forth like that. Yeah. So wait, you're waiting. You're waiting for the next level. Like it, it does almost feel like it. It could have taken it somewhere else towards the end too. I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I picked I picked this song because I was not familiar with it. And I hadn't really listened to Melancholy in a long time. And like definitely didn't listen to it from, from cover to cover. And hearing this, it was, it was almost like a new experience to me. I've listened to it a few times over. And it was like you said, that the, the length part of it. But... I've gotten into the habit. The first time that I heard it, I was out back with my my dog, Judy Judy, and it was a particularly windy afternoon, and she just loves to like just sniff up at the air when it's got that yeah. wind. So I'm like listening to this song, and it's like really like that that chill vibe to it. So I just had like that personal connection to it that once you kind of like you make that bond with a song that it it just sticks with me so it's like i've listened to it a bunch of times since since then and i was like it'd be hard for me to leave this off now that yeah. i wouldn't traditionally especially wouldn't have traditionally slotted it at number two because this like you said is has i typically save those for my last the number four the sledgehammer the big epic finale but this almost doesn't fit there either like you said because it doesn't really reach that peak and i feel yeah. like for like the vast oceans part, maybe that's part of what comes into play is that it's so it's almost too vast in a sense. You know, like you said, the up and down of the waves and it becomes a little too too rhythmic. And I'm not trying to it's like it sounds like I'm trying to talk myself of talk the song off of a of an F stack. No, no. But my personal 
being that this is my personal F stack, I felt a particular uh, attraction to the song now versus perhaps if it, I, I don't know that it would be consistently in an F stack, but I felt to, to service the F stack properly to the experience that we're having and sharing that it needed to be in my number two. Yeah, and you made a memory with your dog. I did. This I song, made a memory so. with my dog. And that's <laughs> that's powerful. That. And, yeah. Yeah, that is powerful in and of itself. All right. Um, Your number, number three. three. Yeah. So my number three is Doomsday Clock, which I think is just a freaking awesome rocking tune. I loved this song back in the day when I first heard it, and I think I probably only heard it a few times and then i don't know this record just disappeared from my world um right along with a lot of smashing pumpkin stuff kind of just disappeared from my world um mm -hmm. so hearing this again and revisiting it i've been playing this song like every single day i have been playing it every oh, single day and listening to it i love it yeah uh starts with that drum intro mm -hmm. <laughs> big distorted riff comes oh, in yeah. freaking yeah just a great tune uh some good lyrics Apop apocalyptic screams mean nothing to the dead that's like my favorite line yeah that is a good line i like that a lot yeah yeah this doomsday clock ticking in my heart these lonely days will they ever stop that, that whole will, album, will they? That, that yeah, like that whole album just it really hits, hits really good. I know we can't do the hits, but man, if Tarantula wasn't like, it would have been really hard. Once you like reminded me of that song, and I was yeah. like, wow, that sounds familiar. And then I played it, and I was like, wow, like yeah. And then going back into listening to all of Zeitgeist, I'm like, wow, this really did fall off my radar. Where has this been? This is a great album. Yeah. Yeah, they better correct what's going on and get mm -hmm. back up there for everybody. Yeah, it's got to, I mean, it's got to get, come on, Billy, put it out there, figure it out. <laughs> My number three is Window Pane off of Geesh, uh, 1991. Yeah, you tell me what you think. You want to know what I, what I thought? Yeah. Okay, I wrote down, the first time I heard this, a little over a week ago, I wrote, I wrote down, to describe it wavy gravy slow burn surf music how do you nice. like that <laughs> he got me real he got me real inspired in the moment when i was listening to this i was like this is a great song and i've been just singing that that i guess it's the chorus say what you gotta say do what you gotta do start today yeah. i love that it's so simple but the way he like hits you with that in the middle of the song like just his voice you just hear billy saying that and it's just like yeah i feel like i just took like one of those inspirational seminars i'm gonna go out and take on yeah. the world man <laughs> Pump me right up i was so excited after i heard this i was like oh man what are, what are your thoughts do you enjoy this song i, I kind of did what you did um i just like jotted down words like mm -hmm. that came to me so sexy dancing Sexy dancing, yes. I can see that Drugs. for sure. <laughs> I can also see that. Um, yes. Scene from a movie. Okay. Quentin yeah. Tarantino, question mark? Oh, right. I could see this in a Tarantino I was kind of film. feeling that. I was yeah. feeling a Tarantino sort oh. of vibe. Wow, yeah, I can see that. And that um, was just I'll helping me to picture the sexy dancing and yeah. people wearing sunglasses and a big yes. joint. <laughs> yes. Yes. It does sound like that. You just sound like you described a scene out of a Tarantino film. What's the, yeah. there, I just want to be, there's one that he, he did. I don't know. Was it maybe like Jackie Brown or, um, I don't know. There's one where I can picture like they're, they're on the beach in like a cottage and Brad Pitt's, uh, is that true romance? Brad Pitt's a stoner on the couch. Is that oh, the one? I know I'm getting all my movies all confuddled right now, but I feel I'm like when you say that you like it, just this image popped up. Like absolutely, this would be Tarantino. Yeah, smoke-filled bar. Smoke-filled bar. Yeah. You know, very atmospheric. 
on a great uh great drum solo before heading back into the jam oh yeah so uh yeah good tune man excellent what's uh what's your number four what's your sledgehammer baby my number four is panopticon I think yeah, I'm saying that right. Panopticon. I, I've been trying to, yeah, panopticon. And I That's, meant to look up what that means, but I did I, I actually did. You want me to You want me to, to hit you with that? Because I yeah. really, I was like, I never heard of this word. Okay, so it is a type of cylindrical prison, apparently, that Jeremy Bentham in 1791 uh, wrote about. The idea, apparently is that there could be a guard, a prison guard, in the center of this cylinder that can keep an eye on the entire prison circling around him so you'd only need one guard to watch, like, 100 prisoners. And I was, like, scratching my mind. I cannot figure out how this describes the song. I mean, the song has some cylindrical qualities in that it's kind of almost circling around if you think of like the dan 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 yeah but i don't I mean, even feel anything really prison. It. yeah but i don't think anything prison like about this at all if anything it's freeing yeah the song feels really uplifting why, why exactly. did you pick this as your number four so it's a heavy rock tune but it's uplifting like you were saying um mm-hmm. i like that's one of my favorite things with like hard rock and um, like like metal and stuff too. I love when the music can be heavy but still be like a positive feeling, uplifting sort of tune. That's exactly what this song is, and it kind of gives me a feeling of like floating almost, like yeah. floating up in the air, like amongst the clouds. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, like guitar wise. But in the chorus, the way there's like different guitar chords happening, and the way the guitar chords are like coming down, like it, it moves from this pitch and it comes down to a different pitch at the same time that the chords underneath, I don't know, it's just like a great blend where it gives you that feeling, that like airiness, that floatiness. So I just, oh, I really did lovely. that. Quite, quite lovely guitar. And the lyrics, too, the very first line of the song is, Rise, love is here. And I really like that. That's a great way. That's a great way to arrive. Like, a great presence to bring to a song. And and just immediately off the bat, it grabs you. It's like, Rise, love is here. Let's go. Yeah. You know, pulls you right in. There's a sun that shines in. Breathe, love is air. Oh, it's so nice. So good. Yeah, everything about this song, dude. This, This song is probably my favorite song out of all of them <laughs> i want to say coming away from this i was blown away like this was number one to me because it's crazy because oceana was my favorite album for a few years there and i don't remember listening to this like i was so stuck in that little i had this little loop of i really liked songs the songs pinwheels pale horse oh yeah and quasar like those were the three that i would play over and over again and then I just associated with being the whole product of Oceana. Like, I really was just, oh, I love these songs so much that I never really, you know, br- branched out there and listened to the whole thing and doing it now. And I was like, this song, like, and then when you picked it, I, like, sat down and had the full experience. And that really, like, I highly recommend putting on a good pair of headphones and just reading along to the lyrics or close your eyes and just listen the first time and then read along and then to me this song was peak smashing pumpkins greatness it it's definitely deserved to be a hit and yeah it's a solid rock tune like he loves those layers man like there's a lot going on that kind of carries you along and i love that because you know when you hear something new each time you're going in you know it makes you want to go back for more yeah yeah, I fell in love with it. Um, I, I wasn't really familiar with anything off of Oceania. And oh. So, like you mentioned, Pinwheels, I love that song. Oh, yeah, um, it's a great song. Violet Rays on there. I yeah. love that song. Yeah, I like that one a lot, too. I picked up on that one, too. But, yeah, I mean, off, off of that record, uh, as far as my stack went, I was just looking for, you know, like that solid rock tune. And yeah. this one does it with the good vibes. Absolutely. My yeah, your number pick, four. Yeah, my number four. My sledgehammer is 
XYU from Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. It is a heavy song. Very heavy. <laughs> did, yeah. did, you, did you enjoy this song, Duffy? Yeah, and I wasn't uh, familiar with this song before. Oh. Uh, so this song, to me, I hear a lot of the grunge genre yeah in this song i hear the grunge genre so much that i almost could hear that this could have been a nirvana song i could picture kurt singing this i i do not disagree with that i do not disagree with that at all this definitely yeah, it feels like it's right in line with that it does I never thought of it until you just said that. That's kind of crazy. And the cra crazy that you even said that, because I made note of, like, this song was the only song that stayed the same in my F-Stack from start to finish. I heard this for the first time when we went to Seattle, God, five, six years ago. Oh, I wow. had it on a track. I was just picking random grunt. I mean, I'm in Seattle. Of course, I'm going to make a bunch of F-Stacks with, yeah. with grunge music. <laughs> so I was just pulling stuff. And for a fourth track, I always pick, I like to pick the longer songs from bands. So I saw that it was like, oh, this was eight or nine minutes, whatever it ends up being. And I was like, okay, so I'll just slap it on the end there. And I heard it in the in Discovery Park. And it's like my favorite run. Like I can vividly picture like listening to Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, followed by XYU, Smashing Pumpkins. And that little nice. like 12, 12, 15 minute time frame was just like beautiful beautiful scenery as you never get and it's like so that like clicked to me so this song was like instantly like hooked in my hooked in my veins so i was like yeah i every time and i love i mean i love shouting you know into the eyes of a jackal i say boom yeah. <laughs> and i never get bored of doing that and it's so like i don't know it's kind of silly when especially if you just like read it you're like yeah. uh -huh. but when you sing it in the middle of like a really heavy part and it's like that break and then it just comes in and just smashes it's, yeah it's a lot of fun yeah his vocals are pretty cool throughout this if you like screaming like screaming grunge vocals yeah. basically yeah, for, yeah. and you i know. don't i don't typically typically do so it it i think it's just there's some extra quality like nirvana brings in the certain punkish i uh, i can't yeah. quite i can't quite put my finger on what it is I, yeah, I like it. Whatever it is, I like it a lot. And it's almost like he's, um, like there's no control on his voice. Like he's not trying to, no. like, scream in a certain way. He's just, like, letting it out any way it comes yeah. out, you know? Yeah. It feels, it feels real, like, like you're in a garage with them and they're jamming out and they're having a good time. This is kind of like the little little like monster thing that they're working on that's not it doesn't feel even now i listen to it it doesn't feel quite fully formed like it almost feels like 75 percent of an outer shell of a song that if he like took the time with some of his other stuff that he maybe you know produces a little bit more like this doesn't not that i'm saying that this is underproduced i'm saying or even underbaked i feel like it's it's great as it is but it, and I think that's why. Like it's almost like he took a step back and was like, "I want something a little more raw." That it present music-wise. I mean, he's always typically raw with his lyrics, but this feels raw musically. Yeah. Like un almost unhinged, really, as yeah. it builds up and that chaotic like guitar work. It's like, wow. I always loved that. Like that little unpredictable, like you know, about to fly off the handle with it. You know. Oh yeah solid easily one of my if not my favorite smashing pumpkin song i think billy was intoxicated with the madness when he wrote this song <laughs> that's great perfect perfect way to sum that up absolutely yeah that's a line from zero yeah smashing pumpkin which zero. also is i say that so that's in my top five for yeah for smashing pumpkin songs but obviously we have not clued that because it is yeah. an awesome hit so now for the hard work because uh, indeed <laughs> no idea how we're gonna take these eight songs and turn them into four what yeah good what point because we, we just said that we both love all of these all of the songs <laughs> i had no i have no objections to the to the final product i really think that whatever we come up with is going to be wonderful for a listener to listen to from start to finish i'm feeling like 
Uh, based on man. what we said, being that Mayo is your favorite song, I feel like yeah. that that to me would is firmly. I would say, well, let's put that in the number two slot. Do you have any objections okay. to that being being okay? So we have one. Yeah, song. I'm good. And depending on now, now it's like completely, completely wide open because any real combination of these works for me. If we're gonna go, all right, if we're gonna include panopticon i think that has to be included okay now are you are you interested or not interested in knights of malta do you think man that that, i love that song um I, it's tough because then what then we're down to one more one i mean more based pick. on based on our discussion i think xyu should be on there just because of just, how you're... you hold that you know okay to your heart kind of like yeah so like a counterpoint because I feel like that's yeah. a good I, yeah I think if you're gonna okay then we'll put that we'll put that at four because I love that as like my sledgehammer when you're rounding out a nice F stack you want something that takes you takes you a little further than the the previous three and this one has that this is far out on the limb that Smashing Pumpkins gets really on the yeah. music is yeah heaviness definitely okay so then we have so we have two slots left and six songs and. I don't know what to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts? So from from your stack, yeah, my pick. I think I don't know. It's a new tr- it's a new song to me, but I think okay. Knights of Malta is should be on the ultimate. Okay, then I think I think that Knights of Malta should go first. And okay, well. Let me think about that. I think almost think I want to go with Panopticon to lead because I feel like this song really grabs you and pulls you in. Knights of Malta does it too, though. So either one of those, I feel like, could go one and the other one could go three. Which song Which song do you feel pulls you in? What do we want the listener to like immediately be grabbed and be like, I can't believe I missed this Smashing Pumpkin song? Well, I think Panopticon, the riff... So if you just listen to like the first like the beginning of it or whatever, yep. Um, I'm thinking about when I was in the car with my wife and we're listening to this song, and I told her that this was on my stack, and she was like, "Oh, this seems a little repetitive," but it hadn't got to like the chorus yet and everything. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to turn anybody away, maybe, with starting out with something that could feel like that to some people. Okay. Um, so I mean, that she changed her mind when she when she heard the rest she, of it. When she but, heard the when she heard the full song, she enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, but okay. th- that riff she said was a little. Well, then yeah, you don't really. Then you don't want. Yeah, you definitely don't want that as the scalpel because you want you want to go in clean and like what's your you're setting your intention with number one. I feel like what's the listener, what we want them to hear, and that's it. I think it eases in nice, uh, nice of Malta. Yeah, you know, it's and maybe sometimes that's okay to not like slam through the front no, door that's you know yeah as soon because as you i start. feel like if you think about if you think about where it's ending too with xyu we're ending it like heavy chaos essentially yeah so if we start at a more beautiful kind of laid back place and we kind of build as we're going and then we go into mayo which is as we've learned shoegaze so we're kind of still yeah. we're still kind of having the flow and then it starts to pick up a little bit with panopticon i see i've already <laughs> that's a tough word <laughs> And then we go into, yeah, so it's kind of, we do get the full, we get a full Smashing Pumpkins journey, really. We get yeah. to, we get to go, we get and to go And for the along. new listener, I think it's a good way to to start them out would be Knights of Malta for a brand new listener, you know, who is I'm so, I'm so glad that you Pumpkins. found that, the, I'm so glad that you liked this song. I was really excited when I was like, oh, yeah. I wasn't sure because I was like, it is, I don't want to say poppy. But it has a more it has that that little extra radio friendly sound to it, which is just makes it a little more like melancholy that it didn't really. I mean, it's just kind of not of its time, or you know, like if it was in a different era, I feel like this song would be really catchy on the radio. I would never yeah. turn it off. We're <laughs> gonna ride that rainbow. Right, <laughs> ride that rainbow. It's so much fun. Okay, so cool. then I think I think we have ourselves a catastrophic ultimate f stack we did it 
Heck yeah. All right. So I'll read them off. Want to check out what we chose for you to listen to. It is number one, Knights of Malta. Number two, Mayonnaise. Number three, Panopticon. Number four, XYU. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So what was your song of the week? My song of the week, it switched. I had uh, originally, originally I had um, Stand Inside Your Love, Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Um, I listened. A extra bonus. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Just because I, I felt like I had to pick that song because I listened to it so many freaking times um, over this <laughs> last week. Just because it, it felt like a song that, like, as soon as it ends, I could just, like, like basically I had it on repeat. You know, it's like the song yeah. ends and I just started over and it didn't seem like it wasn't, you know, wearing out. It wasn't getting annoying or anything like that. So um, I listened to it, like I said, I don't know, 50 times, 100 times, who knows. So that was going to be my pick. And then, was it just the other day, I heard a song um, came on from my list of music, and it just hit me in the right way. And the song is from the band Beartooth. It's called Rock is Dead. Okay. Yeah, so Beartooth, if you're unfamiliar, is, I guess, for a genre, that would be somewhere between, like, rock and metalcore, but they have, like, this, like, high-energy punk sound infused into it. Most of their music is just the kind of stuff where it makes you want to, like, jump up in the air and jump off stuff. Um, just super high energy and this song rock is dead is actually about rock is not dead (laughs) basically he's like saying you know everybody's saying rock is dead well here's a line i'd rather be deaf i'd rather be dead than bored out of my mind and he says if rock is dead you can kill me right now (laughs) oh that's a statement uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, you know, I've heard this song, um, I've been listening to this band for, you know, maybe like the last five years, but yeah, when it came on the other day, it just hit me, and I was feeling that aggressive rock, rockness, and so, yeah, yeah uh, that's my pick, you definitely check it out. I well, I like, I, I like the name of that, bear, the name of that band, Beartooth. Beartooth, just, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a, like a kick-ass name, I like it. I would definitely yeah. check that out. I and and I definitely agree. The rock is not dead. You just need to look for it. That's all. It's there. Yeah, I hate it's how like there. every year or two, some like famous celebrity yeah. says that, and yeah. it's like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not not every genre is always going to be at the the forefront of you know pop culture. Of it sales had, it, had its and, moment. It yeah. had its moment in time. It may it may return in a different form, a different shape, but like. There's always going to be people that want to just rock out. So as long as there's people that want to rock out, there's most likely going to be bands that want to make music for you to rock out too. So oh yeah, never ever going away. And never going away. And my and my song of the week is "Listen to the Music" by the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> nice. Because, because you always surprise me with these songs I, of the week. I don't, I. <laughs> I, I do a lot of like random mixes and stuff. Like I'll just put together like a hodgepodge and just kind of, depending on my mood, I'll just click on said hodgepodge and see where it takes me. And as I had one that was more of a positive, and I just you know when you need a like feel good, pick me up vibes. Oh yeah, like, I lo- I love this song because it's like I I especially love the line what what people need is a way to make them smile. And I think that's what music ultimately, like not maybe not in the moment you're experiencing, like really heavy music, for instance, or really sad music. But ultimately, like at the end, you go through that experience and it leaves you feeling perhaps a little bit more than you did before you went in to listen to it. I feel a little more full up with, especially in this song, a little more full up of love, you know, ain't nothing cheesy about that. Knowing that there was somebody out there is just making music that you can kind of, you know, sing along to and take a nice stroll walk your dog yeah it's a good, yeah, it's like a good time song so uh, that was my song of the week kind of i listened to that three or four times and 
I never get tired of listening to the Doobie Brothers. I'm yeah, fan. yeah, I like that, man. All right, so do you want to introduce our next band? Uh, yes, I do. Our next band for the listeners at home, uh, so that you can get on top of creating your F stack and then tuning in to see how your stack compares to ours. Next week's artist is Miles Kennedy. Solo records. So, Miles is the singer of Alter Bridge. He's also been in the band. He, he was front front man for uh, was it Mayfield Four? Mayfield Four. Um, and he played. Um, and he plays with Slash. Yep, in the Snake Pit, right? If that correct. Uh, conspirators. Is that, is that conspirators. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So for for next episode, we're gonna focus on Miles Kennedy solo albums. Yep. Uh, Year of the Tiger and Ides of March. Yep. And there's nothing off limits. I would say every every song is available for the F sack between the two albums. Do you agree? Um. Or do you think we should? Did he have <laughs> some? Did he have some radio play hits that I missed? Because I definitely feel like there's so. songs on these albums that belong. On the radio, but one thing I, I did heard. notice is that on Year of the Tiger, Love Can Only Heal has oh. has uh, over a million plays on YouTube. Oh, okay. So, so I don't that's know a, if that's we a low should. Key hit. You want to yeah. take that one off? Okay, we'll put that. Yeah, why don't we take that one off? Because I think we'll that's that his off. most popular track from okay, the Okay, that's good. Records. I'm glad. That's a good song. I'm glad that yeah. that, that there's some some also some miles kennedy lovers out there because we both we both love this guy <laughs> he's great yeah. he is one of the great rock artists of our time in my opinion he's such a cool dude so laid back and nice and a great voice and makes great music i am oh yeah i, I, I can't wait to talk player. about this stuff oh phenomenal the fact the fact, like yeah him and him and tremonti and alter bridge is like oh my gosh like, yeah that's that's down the road, but oh boy, that episode two is going to be a lot of fun to make. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Good I think show. We got it. Yeah, good show. Uh, looking forward to the next one, and looking forward to another week of listening to music that yeah maybe I you know haven't listened to enough of. It's going to get real interesting in the coming weeks. We got some more bands coming up that are going to surprise you, listeners. Very good F stacks in the future. Cool. So until then, I'm Kelly. He's Duffy. We're Matastrophic Music.